Hi, and welcome back to Southgate Intersections, an exploration of environmental injustice and its repercussions under COVID-19 in a Southeast Los Angeles community. This episode, we will take a look at water contamination in Latino communities, then jump into the brown water issue in Southgate with clips from a few interviews. All right, let's get into it. So when I started doing research on Southgate environmental justice issues, I was in one of those deep research dives where you just click on links and somehow I ended up at this podcast um, called Southgate Real Talk. Robert Montalvo is the host. We're going to be listening to him in this episode. He spent a lot of his episodes focusing on what he called the brown water issue, um, which is essentially water contamination that has been going on for decades in the city of Southgate. So we're going to start off by talking a little bit about water contamination in the Latino community in general. Um, And then we're going to get into some interviews with Robert Montalvo, who's going to go into what the brown water issue is specifically. And we're going to also hear from another activist in the community, Maria Estrada. I'll also be playing some clips from my interview with council member Denise Diaz. And we're going to also hear from another resident of Southgate who is willing to speak to me for this podcast. Um, We're not going to share her name because of her immigration status, but she will also be speaking a little bit about her experience with water contamination, specifically brown water in Southgate. A Guardian article published earlier this year found that in counties that were 25% or more Latino, water systems violate water contamination rules at two times the rate of the rest of the country. Race, income, and geography are key determinants of unequal access to drinking water. And despite some jurisdiction reporting hundreds of violation points, in many of these communities, residents are unaware of how contaminated their water is, and there's been nothing done to fix these issues. Something that is even more concerning is that many states are not reporting violations to the federal government for violations that are due to lead or copper piping. 92% of those violations are not reported. So now we're going to get started by jumping into the interview with Robert Montalvo, and he's going to set the stage for the brown water issue in Southgate. Let's get it. Can you tell me a little bit about the brown water issue? Now, the brown water issue, um, so, you know, I do do that podcast. Uh, I've been covering it since uh, October last year, like really heavily. That issue has been around for years, right? And it, it's been pretty prominent now. Like, instead of happening, like, once every couple of months in sporadic areas, it's been happening, like, almost daily sometimes. You know, we have a, uh, a Facebook group called uh, Southgate Police Center. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So it's, it's a Facebook group, which is really a hub for the city. There's about, I think, 18,000 real, it's, they're, like, real people that live in Southgate that are. So anyways, uh, so it, we kind of just report everything that's happening. So as I, um, it, it was in, uh, no, in November when, when we started seeing it like really happen a lot. So I would go to city council meetings. I would email uh, all the city council people, the mayor, uh, public works, everybody, and let them know like this is a problem. And um, and I sure I'm sure you know what kind of responses you get because which is nothing. They don't want to. They don't respond. Uh, so fast forward to. December, I want to say December 5th or, yeah, 5th or 6th or the city council meeting. I literally, I'm not kidding, I went up there and I warned them about the problem that was having. 
two days later, which was a Thursday, which I believe was the 8th or 9th, uh, don't quote me on those dates, but we had the biggest groundwater incident in history over here. Literally, the fountain over there, all the water was brown all over the place. And it just made me furious because there's some older people, you know, kids are bathing in it, people are getting into the pets. Uh, we actually, uh, the news came out, I did the interview, um, and after that, I've just been hammering them every every opportunity I get uh, about that brown water. Now, as I spoke with the city manager, uh, he said it was uh, the pipes were, I believe, 50%, 58% of the piping's bad. He didn't say how bad. Like I said, he was really uh, careful on how he answered the questions. But just by acknowledging that they're bad, you know, we don't know if they're cracked. We don't know if there's any... Uh, any soil leakage because obviously the soil is contaminated we don't know what else is being delivered to people so as far as the brown water it brown water is probably for the manganese and the iron from the old piping and um right now that they're flushing it it's same problem so i think you mentioned in your podcast that there's also pce and tce oh yeah yeah there, so there there's there's even um uh so I pulled a, um, a report off, off the web, uh, a reputable source, uh, waterreports.org, I think it is. So they, they do independent research on across the country. So I went to that. Um, I got a report on, on our water, which showed all those at, at high levels, even the arsenic, um, uranium in the water. So I, I did question um, the city council. I hammered them actually pretty good to the point where I... I insinuate legal action. That's when they uh, shared some reports with me that showed the exact same um, carcinogens stuff in the water that was on that report. And then they turned around and said, we're not scientists, so we can't answer these questions. You need to go to a state level. Interesting. So the city council isn't really addressing the brown water Absolutely issue. not. So what, what changes... Um, are community members like calling for when it comes to the brown water issue? Well, right now we're like in the infancy of it as far as understanding. Um, what I've been trying to do is educate people on why we have brown water. And, and it's a learning process for me also. Um, trying to find out what are the causes of the brown water, which we established already. But then um, kind of diving into what's in the water. You know, like we were saying, uh, uh, all those chemicals... Uh, the one that just, I'm sorry, the one that just gets me is arsenic. How does arsenic get in the water? How do these antibiotics get in our water? You know, and they say they're safe. So, um, the, it's really difficult because, like, we are just starting. Um, the goal right now is to get people educated on it and then move forward to make them correct it, which would be new infrastructure, obviously, new piping, and then cleaning up the wells. That's the main thing right there. Because the delivery system is the pipes, which is where the groundwater is coming from. But fundamentally, the source of the water is contaminated. Right. So does it affect um, most Southgate, most areas of Southgate? Or is it kind of um, restricted to like one particular section of the city? It, it's actually um, it's actually all um, all of Southgate. Like Southgate, there's a, the Hollydale area. They have their own separate water company, so that it's separated from the wells that we have here in the city. Everything that the city provides water to has been affected. Literally every area from um, 
there's like five different areas that they go by area one two three four and five so literally from area one which would be all the way down the west side of, of uh, southgate all the way up to the uh, east side and north south which is uh, about 90 percent i think about yeah about a good 90 percent of southgate is affected by it well i was not able to get mayor davila to be interviewed for this podcast I did reach out to another city council member, council member Denise Diaz, to speak to me for this podcast. And here is a little clip from my interview with her on her perspective on the brown water issue. So recently it has come to light that there's also a large issue with the water quality in the city. Um, Tests revealed that contaminated wells contained high levels of PC, TC, and manganese. And these chemicals can result in a myriad of physiological effects. Manganese, for example, when exposed to long-term can cause problems with memory and attention and motor skills. Many residents have reported brown water coming out of their faucets. And an individual who I recently interviewed um, has lived in the city since 2004. And she said that she has been dealing with this water quality issue since then. Um, what, is the city doing to sort of address this issue and what were you aware of this problem before you became a council member so some background um actually the state mandates cities to only test once a year so that doesn't fall on um us and that's one thing that i asked the speaker of california anthony rendon and his staff um to start looking into that because that's not okay. So the council did uh, two years ago, ask public works to start testing the water wells minimum twice a, a year to see what's going on. It's very common, unfortunately, in this area because of the groundwater situation we all face um, for water to fast to be found there, right? What ends up happening in the cities, um, the city of Southgate is going to be a hundred years old next year. Um, with that, our water department has a water master plan. And I will be honest, unfortunately, whomever is in charge of a water department um, was not on top of the infrastructure. So mind you, a lot of our pipes are anywhere between 60 to 90 years old. And obviously what happens there, it's um, erosion, you know, corrosion from there. And it's the particles from, from that. Um, so we, the good thing is we have surplus when it comes to our water fund and this new budget. Um, I did actually request, more than request, I demanded that we start um, bringing in new piping and we do a whole, we present a whole plan to repipe the entire city. Um, fortunate that the city of Southgate does have the funds. That's not the same situation in neighboring cities like Cudahy or Maywood or Huntington Park that they do not have the funds that we do. We've been very fiscally conservative with our money and we've been very fortunate that we have tons of grant money that we're now tapping into taxpayers. And we're actually also fortunate that we're not gonna have to do, because I also told the city manager, if we have to do a water bond and put it out on a ballot, I mean, I'm willing to do that, but that's not gonna be the situation because we do have the funding. Um, so what is one of the issues? Um, it's the old piping. I was not aware that is the situation that happens when 
you know, I think that's why they say uh, council members tend to be the old retired white man, because that's true. You know, like I wouldn't be able to be sustain myself or do anything with the $650 like stipend. So we depend on staff that we assume that staff is up to date. We assume staff is presenting us the correct information. And on this situation, someone did drop the ball by not keeping up to date with the infrastructure of the piping of the city of Southgate. So that's one of the main issues um, here in the community. And I know assembly member Cristina Garcia is trying to pass right now that there's the passing bills um, pass a bill where there's money allocated in terms of water quality. Um, and it's also Anthony Rendon is, is trying to pass a bill right now with the human right to water, quality water here in this community. So no, I was not aware. And unfortunately, uh, what ended up happening is when people are, for example, there is an accident, someone hits a fire hydrant, you know, that whole area, it's just corrosion is going to easily hit. I was also, you know, my toilet bowls um, did come out dark, you know, when I was like turning on the faucet, it was dark. Um, and pre, I'll be honest, I've been here for 34 years. Um, had I had this situation happened to me in the past? No. Um, obviously, it's old piping that's going to happen. And now, that's a situation that we're in and it's going to cost us and that happens, you know, so moving forward, it's about being vocal and holding staff accountable and also council members. I think it was unfortunate to see some of um, folks just seeing quiet. It's like, don't be afraid. Ask, you know, what is going on? What are we going to do? What are the next steps? You know, let's figure out situation, a solution for this because it's not drinkable at all. It's definitely concerning that over 50% of the city's piping needs to be replaced and is possibly corroded. Um, I think, in my opinion, from the research I've gathered, this is definitely an issue that someone in the city would have had to know about, would have had to know for decades that the piping isn't up to standard and needs to be replaced, and that is critical infrastructure that affects citizens directly. Um, something worth pointing out as well is just because you cannot physically see you know some sort of like brown water or like a physical manifestation of chemicals that doesn't mean that the water isn't contaminated and there isn't harmful chemicals in it and i can only imagine the sort of potential impacts that using water from old pipes from the 60s which were probably made from lead can have on the human body over time and if the piping isn't enough to worry about Cal Screen is um, a mapping program that the state of California runs and it basically shows what zip codes are, or census tracts in the state of California are most environmentally burdened um, and it has a bunch of indicators like groundwater threats and air pollution um, and it ranks what the zip codes by percentiles to, to show which ones are the most burdened. And we'll, I'll be referring to data from this service um, throughout the rest of the series. And depending on the area of Southgate, Cal Screen assigns the city to have anywhere from 43% to 84% more groundwater threats than other census tracts areas in the state of California. And for the listeners who, not, who might not be aware of what groundwater threats are, um, pretty much that refers to hazardous chemicals that are stored um, on land or underground um, and 
when these containers leak, then they contaminate soil and pollute groundwater. And so basically this indicator assesses the potential um, for groundwater threats in the community. And when these groundwater threats leak, um, they take years to clean up and sometimes are never really completely cleaned up. The drinking water indicator on Talon Virus Green also ranks Southgate pretty high on it um, and it ranges from 54% to 65%, basically indicating that the city of Southgate has 54% to 65% uh, more contaminants and violations um, than other zip codes in California. From what I can gather is most citizens have kind of known about the sort of water contamination but have learned to live with it. And so we're going to hear a little bit from um, the resident who is willing to speak to me about their experience with groundwater and some of their concerns. And I'm going to translate some of the interview because it was conducted in Spanish. So here we go. A veces las ciudades salta y supuestamente limpian las tuberías del agua, dicen. Pero cuando tú vas y abres tu, vas y le bajas la, al baño, te das cuenta que el agua está sucia. O abres una llave y dices, con esta agua me tengo que bañar porque voy a salir a, a trabajar y ya no tengo tiempo de esperar. Y empiezas a ver, y pues hay que dejar correr un poco el agua, pero no sabemos en realidad el resto si, está, si ya salió lo sucio o nos estamos bañando con un agua contaminada de color así café o, o amarillosa que a veces se ve. Y hay quejas que hemos hablado a la ciudad y dicen, oh, no es nada peligroso. Pero, ¿qué nos garantiza que no es peligroso que tú no te estás bañando con un agua que entra por tus poros de tu cuerpo, la respiras uh, y este, la estás ingiriendo? Y no sabemos a futuro, ahorita creemos que estamos bien, pero más adelante, ¿qué tal si podemos resultar, o oh, Angélica tiene cáncer, o oh, el vecino le pasó esta alergia, o oh, tenemos esto, ¿por qué? Porque no tenemos un ambiente limpio, ni dentro de nuestros hogares, tampoco. Cuando sale, sale esta agua, ¿es frecuentemente como que seguido pasa? Usualmente era cada semana. Ahorita, no sé si es por... He notado menos, pero sí, el, hace como dos semanas me tocó ver que el agua estaba de color café. Ahorita estos días no he visto. Probablemente cuando he necesitado abrir las llaves, pues no. En ese momento a lo mejor ya pasó de que salió el agua sucia, pero usualmente es como si uso el baño, el inodoro. A la hora de bajar la palanca veo que el agua vino sucia o a veces como te comentaba al momento de lavar las manos veo que está café el agua y usualmente ha sido pues como cada semana más frecuente ahorita no estoy segura si ya lo han mejorado pero ha sido un tema de que pues a mí me ha preocupado y lo he preguntado alrededor aquí con mis vecinos que tenemos algunos de ellos me han comentado que sí, los que son un poquito más curiosos, yo no lo he hecho, pero han llamado directamente a la ciudad y la excusa que dan es de que limpian las tuberías y por eso es que el agua llega, como se limpió, llega sucia a nuestros hogares. Pero eso honestamente a mí me molesta 
esta problema ha sido sobre años. Sí, ya bastantes años. Yo tengo viviendo en esta área desde el 2004, lo que es en esta área. Y pues desde entonces yo estoy apreciando esta, viendo esa, ese problema, pero no, no llegamos a nada. Y nunca en todos estos años te han dicho nada a la ciudad de por qué. Desde 2004 estamos has estado experimentando con, con esta con este problema y, y nadie en todos esos años ha dicho. No, usualmente voy al City, a la, al City Hall a pagar mi bill del agua porque pues cada mes se tiene que pagar y pregunto en ventanilla con la muchacha que pago el bill y dicen que no saben nada, que no tienen información, pero que debo de pasar a otro departamento. Aparte, cuando nosotros vamos a hacer nuestro pago del mes del agua, es algo carito lo, lo que cobran en el día. Estás pagando para agua limpia y no sale la agua limpia no. y está muy cara. Está muy cara. Um, ¿Te han informado de que recientemente encontraron químicos como PCE y TCE en el agua que corre por, por la llaves, los llaves aquí en Southgate? No. Para nada. Y me sorprende en este momento enterarme de escucharlo porque para mí es primera vez que estoy escuchando de esto. Como te digo, he tenido mucha desconfianza todos estos años. Es, este agua puede estar bastante sucia. ¿Cómo va a entrar en los poros de mi piel? Me preocupó todo eso porque pues pienso que el agua con la que nos bañamos y usamos para lavarnos nuestras manos, pues es importante para nuestra higiene, por lo cual si no tenemos un agua limpia aquí en, en nuestros vecindarios, ¿qué quiere decir? Que estamos llevándonos nuestras propias infecciones a, la, a nuestro cuerpo, porque tú sabes que a través de nuestros poros pues podemos absorber ciertas bacterias, que lo cual a, a futuros tiempos podemos resultar con problemas de cáncer o de diferentes enfermedades secundarias, alergias, que todo eso nos puede pues estropear nuestra salud. Imagínate que yo por decir tuviera una persona enferma aquí en mi casa o menores de edad y yo le quiero lavar las manos a, a, a ese pequeño, ¿qué, ¿con qué le estoy lavando las manos? O los trastes que voy a usar para para la comida que tenemos, especialmente fuese infantes que tienen menos defensas que nosotros los adultos, pero de igual como yo puedo saber que en la cuchara que voy a usar para comer mis alimentos, no quedó contaminada por esa agua sucia. A veces nos sentimos cansados, soñolientos y pensamos que es nuestra rutina, pero puede ser parte de lo que estamos consumiendo, que es, tenemos dolor de cabeza, no nos sentimos bien y no nomás a mí me pasa. Hay vecinos que dicen, oh, Ignes, no me siento muy cómodo. Entonces, pudiera ser parte de, 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 de la irresponsabilidad de las personas que están al frente de la ciudad. So now I'm going to take some time to go over the highlights of the interview for the folks who are listening who don't speak Spanish. So I started out by asking her essentially how frequently the brown water occurred. And she said that it happened pretty frequently. It happened like about every week. And one of the things that kind of shocked me during the interview was 
I asked her how long it had been happening and she said she had been living in that area of Southgate since 2004 and the entire time she lived there even at other residences she had experienced this issue so I think that's really notable because I don't think that the city would be cleaning their pipes every week or every day for the past decade or over a decade um, so I think that's pretty substantial and I think that's that's evidence pointing towards a serious issue with the piping that you know, unfortunately got overlooked um, and could potentially have had uh, impacts on people's well-being. And, you know, that was something that that she talked about was how, how do I know that even when the brown water stops running for the 15 seconds that I leave the faucet running, how do I know that there's still not contaminants in the water? How do I know that there's not chemicals that are still in the water? Like I said earlier in this episode, there can still be contaminants in the water, even if you don't see them. So, you know, she she expressed concern about cancer and, um, you know, other physical, other health effects, um, especially concerning elderly people's exposure or young infants' exposure to this sort of water. She also pointed out the fact that sometime after a long day of work, um, you're feeling tired or you're feeling a little sick, but how do you know if that's just your body feeling tired or if that's something that could have actually been attributed to your exposure to contaminated water and when i asked her about whether she'd been notified about the recent findings of pce and tce in the water um she said that she hadn't heard of it and she hadn't been notified by the city and in fact she hadn't been notified or communicated to um by anyone from the city in the past and all the time that she's lived there and that's pretty interesting considering that she was noticing brown water for this entire time. She also acknowledged how expensive water was um, and how expensive her water bill came out and I think it's really interesting to emphasize the fact that the water bill is so expensive and you're essentially paying for clean water but you're actually getting brown water. So now we're going to hear a little bit from Maria Estrada, who's going to talk a little bit about the water system and privatization in Southeast Los Angeles. So, um, so the water issue in Southgate, um, I had did a public records request. Um, actually, I did many, many, many public records, at least a dozen. I had them working. And... Um, and on that one, it took them, like, they were delaying it. They finally sent me a link. And it was just a link to the city website. And it's just like a, a chart that you, you know, just a, you know, chart that you see. And it has all the chemicals and the, the, the levels of whatever chemical you're looking for. Strange part is they're not testing for lead. They're right trying now trying to privatize our water. Like, they know that the water's contaminated in Southgate. What have they done about that? They're literally going after the people exposing them. One of the board members, Leticia Vasquez Wilson, who's a board member, who's actually doing videos, YouTube videos, explaining to the community what's happening and how the water's contaminated, just got censured by the board like two weeks ago for speaking badly of the, of the, of the organization. That's actually like violating her First Amendment rights. Right. And I, and her, you know, I, I told her, like, sue the fuck out of them. Like, right. I mean, this is, it's an ongoing battle. And this new bill that's come out, 
it's the same thing. We're going to have to do a whole campaign, protest at all these people. A lot of people that sponsored the first one didn't sponsor. Bradley, a senator, he's not, he's not even in that district. I think he has like two blocks that is literally in that, that central water basin district. He fucking, supposedly he wrote it. He didn't write it. Anthony Rendon's legal counsel, Alf Brandt, wrote the bill, mm. whose brother is a water purveyor. So unless you know these details, right. you wouldn't know, right? So these are the people that are writing legislation that affects our community. They don't live there. I mean, the people on the board, like the, the financial officer, are they? these people live in Orange County. These are all white people that are not tied to our communities trying to control the their on water. The water board? Yeah, mm -hmm. that are trying to control their water. Um, I interviewed someone actually like a few months ago who had been living um, – in the same area of Southgate for probably like the past decade for, for a while. It's like right next to like the um, the Amazon or the Bimbo. The Bimbo and the Amazon distribution like in that area of Southgate right off the freeway. Mm -hmm. And um, she said that she'd been dealing with, um, you know, she'd been noticing brown water for, you know, the past decade, the entire time that she's lived here. So this is like an issue that's been going on for years, right? It's not just some, oh, I think the excuse that the city gave was, um, you know, the we're pipes. cleaning the pipes and, you know. They're, they're recommending people let their water run for 20 minutes. We're in a fucking drought. Why would you let water run for 20 minutes till it comes out clear? Just because the water starts coming out clear does not mean that it's clean. Right. Wow. I've literally called the city council and I said, you know people are bathing their children. And they're cleaning their food and drinking that water. They're cooking their food in that. And you've known it's poison. I said, and you've done nothing for years. I said, and all of you, I said, how many of you, how many years you've been, Davila's been on there for over 20 years? The condition of Southgate has deteriorated greatly in 20 years. I mean, I'm from Linwood and uh, in Compton, and I could tell you that Southgate was one of the nicer areas. Look at it now. That's not an accident. And if you look at what they're doing with the money, that money's not staying in Southgate. It's not staying in Southgate. I mean, there's so much shit that's going on that people have no idea. Now, this shit is not happening in cities like Lakewood and wider communities because the city councils won't allow it. But in our neighborhoods, the vendidos that we have on our city councils, oh, hell yeah, it happens all the time. All right, well, Maria touched on a lot of things, but for some context, the bill that Maria was referring to was Bill SB 625, which was on the legislative agenda for 2020. The bill, if passed, would have removed the democratically elected water board and would have given over $100,000 in public assets to private water interests. The board would no longer be elected by the people they represent. This sort of paves the way for water privatization, which is alarming considering the future conditions climate change will bring and what that means for an already vulnerable community like the communities of Southeast LA. The Central Basin Water District represents 24 cities, which includes Southgate. Anthony Rendon, which represents the 63rd district, was one of the co-authors of this bill. Southgate is a part of the 63rd district. And also, according to some more intel from Maria, Alf Brandt, who is staffer and legal counsel to Speaker Anthony Rendon, wrote the bill. His brother, Norris Brandt, is president of Norris Water Strategies, a water purveying company who definitely has an interest in the region. 
Maria also mentioned Leticia Vasquez Wilson, who is an elected director at the Central Basin Municipal Water District. She has been very outspoken on raising the alarm on water contamination issues. Leticia has opposed the water privatization we just talked about, and due to her advocacy, she is being sued by the Central Municipal Water District. She is also facing internal pressure from the other electeds on the board. And honestly, after talking to Maria, all I can think about is Leticia is literally just talking about water contamination, just educating the people who elected her. She's just doing her job. She went as far as to call Downey's water undrinkable. This is happening with a democratically elected board. Had SB 625 passed, then water control would have been handed over to private interests. There would be no control, no oversight from the communities most affected. And that doesn't mean that there's not still ongoing efforts to privatize the region's water. And going back to the council member Denise Diaz interview, you know, she played a very important role. She made sure that, you know, the piping was at least addressed at this point in time, and that's really important. Something that council member Diaz said that stuck out to me as well was she mentioned that Anthony Rendon just discussed is the representative of the 63rd district which includes Southgate was championing a bill for the human right to water and that's just I feel like that's such a an interesting bill that Anthony Rendon is championing when on the other hand he was co-authoring a bill that would have privatized the water in the region. Southgate is just one example of a Latino community that is facing water contamination threats. I think what we can take away is that we as a Latino community need to stay vigilant and hold our elected officials accountable or else these problems will continue to persist. Thank you.